You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers More Than Conquerors. Well, so glad that you are here, whether uh, you're one of the campuses online, uh, you picked a great day to be here. You may have been here for uh, many years, maybe more recently, maybe just checking out. God has some stuff in store for us today. I want us to just jump right in and go get this. Now, I loved, I loved what we got to do together last weekend. It was kind of the uh, NFL opening weekend, and so uh, Travis Billman helped us, and, uh, and Jeff Saturday helped us, and, 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 and all of that was... Was, was a lot of fun, so I was kind of jazzed. I couldn't wait uh, to get home after the services and watch uh, the Falcons take down the Vikings. I was excited about that game. I mean, I just when your team conquers, it's so much fun. And well, the Vikings are are. See, Mark Eichen, our Hamilton Mill campus pastor, love you, Hamilton Mill. I, I, I really, I sort of like Mark Eichen, and he's a Vikings fan, and we're buds, and I text him all the time when the Vikings are losing. It's just fun. But if you watched the game last week, the Vikings were conquering the Falcons, I mean, they got into the fourth quarter to stop it. When they got into the fourth quarter, and it was 28-0 Vikings, and it was ticking me off. I mean, literally, I, like, I, had, my, I had my five phone, and I'm, and I'm, I'm texting Eichen. The, here, the first text said, I hate your team. <laughs> I just, I just I, why, why, why hold back? Just get to the point. The next one, I hate football. Because... <laughs> Because when your team is being conquered, when your team is being what? Conquered. It just drives you nuts. Now, there's something worse. There's something worse. It's when it's your life and you're being conquered. When your faith was once on fire, but your soul is cooled off, your spirit is dull. And, and, and you doubt, and you wonder about the God, and you know you're in the kingdom, but your just faith is flat, and you, you can't get it back, and it seems like you're more conquered than conquering. You keep stumbling into the same temptation, the same sin, and you promise yourself, but you can't get out. That sense of being conquered, oh, that's, that's, that's far worse when your finances get away from you and you can't get a hold of it when your marriage once close is now distant more miserable than not you don't even want to admit it you don't know where to turn you can't get this thing right infertility is taking you down and defeating you you're single maybe you've desired to get into a meaningful dating relationship maybe into an eventual marriage but there, it keeps dead ending you're not talking about it with others, but you feel the defeated sense that you're being more conquered than conquering. Physical illness or disease is taken over your body and it has a way of, of just discouraging you into conquered. Maybe it's emotional. 
Maybe, maybe just discouragement and anxiety and worry and you push it down and it keeps coming back up. I mean, that's enough examples, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, see, you, you can't live on this earth and in this world and not have a sense of times when you, you, are feel, you are conquered more than conquering. And it's right in the middle of that that the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to write the fifth of the six convictions. So let's look at it together. We are more than conquerors. And everyone across campuses, even online, even if you're listening to this on podcast, I want you to say it with me. We are more than conquerors. You ready? Everybody together. One, two, three. We are more than conquerors. See, we've been sitting inside Romans chapter 8, and we've quoted people like a Pastor John Piper, who is the one that said uh, the most important book in all of human history is the Bible, and that's true. But he goes on saying the most important uh, book in the Bible is Romans, and the most important chapter in Romans is 8, chapter 8. Now, that may be debatable, but it certainly elevates it to its size and appropriateness. And Paul is writing in chapter 8, verse 37, and following the context of we are more than conquerors. In all these things, we are more than conquerors, and you'll need to recognize that it's through him, Jesus, who loved us. Now, the scripture goes on. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... And he goes on, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now next week we'll pick up the sixth and final conviction, nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ. But today, today we're sitting in this powerful conviction that we, through Christ, we are more than conquerors. And last week we left off with this conversation of, of well, we take hits. And, and that, do you remember that we, we are in the stands many times as consumers and we got to get out of the stands? Y'all remember this, right? And we got to get on the field as players. We, we, we got to recognize that, that God didn't create us to sit in the stands in his kingdom. We're not be kingdom consumers, but kingdom players. But when you become kingdom players, God doesn't protect you from the hits. The hits come. But we know, we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those. He works all things for the good of those who love him or are called according to his purpose. Now, I want to pick up from the thought we left off with last week and then take us forward to more than conquerors. So I'm going to play a cut down brief video of the video we left off with taking hits and then tell you where we go next. Check it out. I'll sit on the stands. I really enjoy it. Okay, he enjoys it in the stands. Yeah. But, but when you show up, uh, you're a player. Right. And as a player, you know uh, you're going to get hit. I mean, when you show up, you're going to hit the concession stand. Hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> Hard. But you, but you know you're not going to get hit. When, when you show up, um, I mean, isn't that in your head? Absolutely. You, you know full on every time you cross the white lines, when you walk onto the field, uh, your body is not coming out unscathed. You're right. going to pay a toll right. for walking out there because the guy across from you he is taught to hit you yeah. and hit you repeatedly and as hard as he can. So right. uh, there, there's no confusion when you walk out. Isn't that crazy? Of, of what's to be expected. And so here you are uh, inappropriately wearing your, your Bears yeah. uh, jersey. I'm wearing and, and I thought for a minute there, and you were getting pretty bold earlier, <laughs> you and I. How does you know what? Like Could, I don't know if this is helpful, but fans don't take hits, but players do. And, and maybe... Maybe, maybe we should just give this a shot. Get back no. down like where yeah. you were, right. if you don't mind, and show okay. me this position. All right. All right. Show me this position. But you Here know what go. I'm thinking? I'm thinking 
When you fire off, like do one of your fire offs thing. Yeah, we ready? Right. Yeah. Here we go. So go. Yeah. You know what? We're but ready. see, as cool We're as ready. that looks, as cool as that looks. <laughs> you're ready. I think I split my pants. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, as cool as that looks, um, you're not hitting anything. No, yeah. No. And, and I'm thinking like you're used to hitting bears. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you get up there? Used. Now, why don't you get up no, here? Right, I might have yeah. a flashback no. on the if jersey. Oh, all right, if back. he had Relax. Urlacher on, I would definitely, I'm, I'm ready. Now, listen, Lance Briggs, I prepared. I prepared. Let me, let me show you what I got here. Oh, thanks. I oh, so great. Because, look, you might need a little right. bit of help. And oh, I, I don't love, love the Bears. I love I love the Colts. Uh, I don't love the Bears. And Kevin Schaefer is going to share his little helmet here. Thank you, Big Because I know you can get that on. And I'm worried about you. See, I love the bears. I love. Why don't you just, um, if you can connect that little right, thing, I'm snap, a little worried snap about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Snap. snap, let this. a pro show you how that's. See, fans right. don't know how to put gear on. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, but you're going to need still gear. Not. Terrible idea. Look at look at how much bigger Schaefer yeah. was <laughs> than you are. Can we just watch a YouTube video? No, 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 no. See, we can't talk about hits and not take them. We're not fans in this moment. We're players. All right, guys. All right. I got, uh, just I got two good knees here. Just a second. Okay. little moment of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Please. Now, just, now, okay. now we're making sense. Right. So show us Are how we you gonna come Are we going to say height? Because I got to know. I got to know when you're going to yeah, do this. Right? Okay, I, I, I'm quarterback. Okay, okay, okay. you say down, okay. set, height. Ready? Down, set, height. <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem, man? <laughs> come on, Matt, Matt doesn't go down that hard. Come on. <laughs> you kept going. <laughs> all right, that's all right. I can't help myself every time I see Travis go down. I've watched it several times. Call me sick. It's just, it's just very entertaining. So what does God have for us to learn about this whole idea of we are more than conquerors? Let me give you some thoughts. I'll put this one on the board. You might want to jot it down. You got an open place in your notes. Here it is. It's less about taking hits. Listen, it's less about taking hits and more about taking territory. Let this soak in your soul. See, we left off talking about the reality that we're going to take hits, but now I want to take it further and remind you that it's less about taking hits and more about taking territory, that we were created to be more than conquerors, to take territory for the kingdom of God. We have a mission. Listen, the apostle Paul was not consumed with taking hits. Oh, look, I take hits. I take hits. I take hits. The apostle Paul was consumed with taking territory. NFL players are not hitting tackling dummies as their primary purpose just to hit the tackling dummy. They're not out in the game just taking hits to take hits. You know this, but let me say it. They're trying to march the ball down the field to take yardage in order to take territory. That is, in order to score touchdowns, in, in order to win games, in order to win Super Bowls, right? Look at your neighbor and say, right? Yeah, so, yeah okay, we, we get that. Now let's apply it to the kingdom. In the kingdom of God in Christ, we are here to take territory. We, our Super Bowl, couldn't, couldn't we say this? What is our Super Bowl? Say it with me loud, everybody. What's our Super Bowl? Heaven. And Jesus has already conquered sin and death. So we are more than conquerors because no matter what comes our way, we've already won the Super Bowl. Jesus won it for us. We're all going to heaven. You know Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You're forgiven. You're freed up. This is a pretty big win if you hadn't figured it out. And it's not just the place. It's the person of God. And that this right here, there is a transformation that happens 
in our body, in our spirit, we get to go celebrate, be a part of, share in heaven. That's, that's what Paul is reminding us. That Listen, that every time someone is transformed, listen, a transformed soul, a transformed family, a transformed community, all on their way to heaven, this is how we score. This is how we win games. This, this is what we were created for. It's what it means, if you will, to take territory. Paul's talking about this in Philippians chapter 3. For as I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears. With what, Tallstone? Tears. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. This is, what's, this is what's going on. He says, I have tears. His tears are that the name of Jesus Christ is being disrespected and dismissed. His tears are that people are spiritually lost and they're going to spend an eternity without Christ. They're being conquered by sin and death. And the reality of their condition before God eternally is breaking his heart. Man, when we say... Uh, we're inviting people in to a series like at the movies. We're not doing this passionlessly. We have a passion for people who are far from God because we understand their circumstance. And we've been given a real mission to see God transform souls, families, and communities. The goal is that everyone would go to heaven. It's the heart of God. God loves them. They matter to God. They matter to us. But what is their condition? They're enemies of God. Their destiny is destruction. Their mind is on earthly things. And you know what? We're at risk of kind of, we're, we're at risk kind of joining the same kinds of things. We, we can get our minds on earthly things. Listen, we can, we can make our faith so that it seems like the only thing we're here to do is survive week to week. Oh, Jesus, your goal is to help me survive from week to week. I just, I just got, I'm really more about me than the mission. Just make it about me, God. Just help me survive. That's all I'm really about. Oh, the kingdom of God, it's just, it, it, it's really here to make me prosperous. I mean, we can think that the purpose of the kingdom of God is just to be about earthly things and miss the whole mission. I mean, when's the last time you had tears? Like Paul's talking about over people who are spiritually lost. Because you see their destruction. Paul doesn't leave there. He goes on to verse 20 of chapter 3 in Philippians. But our citizenship, you know, now this is those of us who have become more than conquerors because of Jesus. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will what, everybody? Transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Hey, there is a journey that we are on that's moving toward heaven. Our physical bodies are going to be transformed into a glorious body. We have awaiting us not just the place but the person of Jesus. Oh, my goodness, this is fantastic. Super Bowl win. Super Bowl already won. Fantastic. But, but, but we're not here just to take hits. We're here to take territory. See, Paul's talking about the awareness of our citizenship. By the way, that's why in the church, I mean, once you come to a relationship with Jesus, 
It doesn't matter what country you're a citizen of. That is not the big deal. What's your citizenship? Listen, matters on earth, but, but the big deal is if your citizenship is in heaven. Doesn't matter your ethnicity, doesn't matter male or female, doesn't matter your socioeconomic condition or social place. We are all, all of us who are citizens in heaven, we share in common the Father and the Jesus and the Holy Spirit and our God, and we get to celebrate heaven someday, and we have a great heart for the people who do not yet know him. That's our mission, yes? We're not about me. We're about the mission. This, is, this Paul's kind of a, a wake-up call, and our American individualism puts us at risk. See, we, listen, we can reduce the whole kingdom of God, this massive movement of God, down to just being about me. Oh, God, get me through my week. Oh, God, make me prosper. I don't really belong about anything bigger. I'm just here for me. Soften the hits in my life. As if that's the big deal. So I'll say it again. It's less about taking hits and more about taking territory. So let me talk about what that means for us as a church today. And, and then we'll wrap with how this fits into your world. Let me talk. In 2015-16, there was a stirring of God in my soul that interrupted me in a major way. God, for many weeks to months, kept putting the word like awakening in front of me, that the spirit of God wanted to do something in this larger territory and who knew how much further that would be a move of God that would be like unto awakening kinds of things. It was so dramatic that it shifted things in my soul and I knew that there was a change required in my leadership and it reframed the calling of this church. And so as I was paying attention to this, uh, it harkened back to back in 77, 1977, when, when I had my call to ministry from Isaiah 61. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, for the Lord has called you to set captives free. You hear that? Set captives free. That's a whole lot about people who are being conquered, being freed up from what conquers them. And oaks of righteousness was part of that picture in Isaiah. And we've used that many times over the years that God's granted this picture that for his glory, he wants to build us up into something like an oak that survives storms but does more as strong and fruitful. And, but with all that imagery, God began to stir in 2015 and 16. And you began to hear me talk about things like awakening. And I did shift some things in my leadership. And then God marked that season in 2015 and 16. Maybe if you were here, you remember me referencing that God called me into a 40-day fast, and during that time, there was something that was impossible for our family, and God did something very gracious. My son Josh, his wife Christina, had infertility issues that had been prevailing for, well, months into years, and, and um, it was impossible. I can't describe for you the, my awareness of how impossible this was. And in the middle of the fast, um, and it's not just, I'm not connecting it, oh, it was all about me, I was in this. I'm just saying my slice in this. In the middle of the fast, um, God did the impossible and she got pregnant. And there was the birth of my first grandchild, my granddaughter, Breland. And in that season, God whispered, I have it in my journal. 
Hey, son, what you thought was impossible, I can make possible. And that's what I mean about a coming awakening. That you will come to a place where you think that's impossible. And then I will do the possible. And let your granddaughter be the reminder and never forget who I am and what I can do. Now go lead out of this. And I began to lead out of it. Some of you sensed it if you were here that I moved into a men's prayer gathering on Saturdays. And then it was followed by a women's prayer gathering on Saturdays. Were any of you here? Do any of you remember that? And do you know what happened next? Oh yeah, do you know what happened next? It's important to, it's important to know what happened next. The, the only way I know to explain it, you know how in stadiums, they, they, they sometimes pick particular songs for moments. Hey, let me, go with me on this. Just all the campuses, everyone, just put your stuff down and stand up. Just here and all the campuses, you got your teaching notes, you got your Bible, just stand up. Free up, your, free up your feet, shake it off, free up your feet, free up your hands, free up your vocal cords, okay? All, you get cobwebs out. So, so, so this is the kind of thing, and, and I got to explain something to you. Just go with me. I don't care if it's a little hokey or cheesy. Just go with me. It's teachable, and, and it's memorable, okay? So you'll immediately know what to do when, 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 when I push this. You, you should know what to do, and just roll with it. Be, tell your neighbor right now, just be all in. Just, tell you, just be all in. Get over yourself and be all in, okay? You ready? Here we go. You kept going, but I pushed pause. <laughs> and that's what God did about 18 months to 24 months ago for me. And it has messed with me for a while. Have a seat. See, when you know what's coming next, you're all in, you're ready to go, you're just going to roll with it. I was rolling with it. I thought I knew what was about to happen. And then God pushed pause. He pushed what? Pause. I'll make a couple things clear. First of all, God is free to push pause. Listen, God has pushed pause in your life too at times. And I'll just tell you how it affects me. I hate pause. I, mean, I just hate it. I'm not wired for it. I'm not good at it. I don't rest in it. I told God, you didn't make me for pause. You made me for play. You push play, I'm good. Push pause. I, you know what? I, when I look at scripture, I think, man, I wonder how many times people like Noah. I wonder if Noah felt like God pushed pause. And God says, hey, uh, whole world has just turned on me. It's, it's decadent. I'm going to do a do-over here, and it's going to rain. I know you've never seen that, Noah, but it's going to rain. It's going to come from the sky. It's going to flood the whole earth, and everybody who's righteous, starting with you and your family, uh, wants to join you, but I want you to build an ark, and then it's going to rain. So Noah's got to tell everybody, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. They're like, doesn't look like it yet. Everybody's got umbrellas laughing, mocking. He's built, and for decades, for decades, 
he's building an ark and it still doesn't rain. I mean, I just wonder if that didn't feel at times like, pause. I know what I'm supposed to do next, but God, God hasn't pushed play yet. Or maybe Abraham, Abraham, I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna give you your own son. And then 25 years, pause. I mean, doesn't it drive you nuts? I, 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 I think it drove Abraham nuts. I think there was some humanity in him who, like the rest of us, says, this is driving me nuts. I think it happened to Moses. I wonder, I wonder if Moses didn't feel like God pushed pause because something about his first 40 years growing up, even though he was an Israelite, he grew up in as an Egyptian in this strange transfer, and, and yet he forfeits all that, and, and he protects an Israelite's life and takes the life of an Egyptian because he knows he's supposed to be the deliverer, and then God sends him out to the desert for 40 years. Pause. I mean, don't you hate deserts? I mean, because you feel like, man, you're just wandering. You're going nowhere. Just like you're in a waiting room. I hate waiting rooms. I'm not wired for them. I don't mind walking through a waiting room. I don't want to stop and sit there and wait. And I hate it spiritually. I mean, I, I'm not going to have the conversation with you of the angst of when you're just right in the middle of the song and then God goes, pause. And I'm like, well, God, what are you doing? Hey, if you've got God all figured out, write a book, I'll read it. But I've never found God to fit in my box. I've made a beautiful box for him. I've invited him into it <laughs> to tell him how and when to move. And he, there's something about being sovereign and almighty that makes him unwilling to sit in my box. I don't know. But he pushed pause. Let me, let me make this helpful to us. Many times on pause is where you learn to pray. God will accomplish things on pause he can never accomplish on play. I'm telling you, in your soul of souls, you do not push play when God pushes pause. Or you'll never get what he's building. And it's usually on pause where you learn to really pray. Let me, I'll put this on the screen. Maybe this will help you. Being more than a conqueror is rooted more in prayer. Being more than a conqueror is rooted more in prayer. You know, maybe you sensed a little bit of a, hey, how come he stopped? How come he didn't keep pushing? How come the song didn't continue? Because I think God pushed pause and being more than a conqueror is rooted more in prayer it's where you often learn to pray at a new place see when you're weak in battle think about this when you're weak in battle when you don't feel like a conqueror when you're weak from taking hits or suffering or setbacks when you're praying but you don't know how to pray and if you've always known how to pray then you haven't really prayed to the places God's invited you because because a lot of times, I don't know how to pray. And, and, and when God has your life on pause and you're not sure why, when, when it seems like all you do is come to the end of your words in prayer and you, you almost groan more than you pray well, you say, God, here's a space in my life where I'm being conquered and I, you're not moving like I thought then there's some things that you need to know. Here's the first thing. In Romans chapter eight, 
verse 34, it says, Christ Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You've got to, you, this has got to get absorbed. Jesus is praying for you. Listen, we're all wrapped up in praying, good. But Jesus is praying for you. I want you to see that. But there's more. It's curious. Keep going. Further up in the center of Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to, what we ought to pray. Oh, my goodness. We don't. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Paul's writing, he's saying, listen, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not always know what we ought to pray for. Why? Why? Be because you can't discern all the will of God and you don't know all that God is doing. And many times your life is on play and it's going at a pace that you're not sure. And, and it's sometimes it's on pause and you're not sure. And you're like, you can't know all your needs and all that God is doing. We don't even know what we ought to pray for. But, 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 look. But the Spirit himself intercedes. The Spirit himself prays for us through wordless groans. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes. The Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I just have a couple of minutes on this, but I, I, this, this, this could be a series right now. Do you understand that Jesus is praying for you and the Holy Spirit is praying for you? And this is the only place in all of Scripture, the only chapter in the Bible where it tells us Jesus is praying for us and the Holy Spirit is praying for us. God is praying to God for you. If that doesn't sound bizarre, you didn't hear what I said. I'm not going to be able to unpack the whole thing. I find it totally bizarre. The whole Trinity is intimately involved in talking about you. God is not distant, disengaged, or disinterested. He's so interested, he's praying over you. Like Jesus opened the door for you to be a conqueror, and the Holy Spirit is praying with you and for you. See, you're going to get to the place in prayer where you don't even know what to pray. Sometimes life is on play, and you can't keep up with it, and sometimes life's on pause, and you have angst, you don't know what he's doing. Other times, the things are conquering you, but God understands it, and in the middle of the things that you wrestle with, even in your great weakness of battling sin, or battling suffering, or battling setbacks, God knows you're more than a conqueror, but you don't know it and you don't feel it, you engage God in prayer. And when you engage God in prayer, what you don't know is Jesus is praying for you in the Trinity and the Holy Spirit's praying for you in the Trinity and the Father's searching your heart and he's pulling out his perfect will, understanding you better than you understand yourself. You're not the only one praying. I mean, when you say like, I don't pray well, no problem, the Holy Spirit does. That's okay. Well, I don't have good words. He does. Sometimes I run out of my words. Good. Sometimes the groaning is the Holy Spirit. Now, some think that that passage means that the Holy Spirit is groaning to the Father. I'm more convinced that the Holy Spirit is stirring groanings in you, where when you get to the bottom and the end of yourself and you see no way out, you just start to groan over the weight of it all in this world. And you're like, I would just rather go to heaven. Can we get over with this? 
and, and you groan through the reality of life. And in that groaning, the Father interprets and the Trinity is intimately engaged. Stay with me, stay with me. If it's important enough for God to pray to God, how important is it that you pray? What are we missing here? See, Paul is writing as if you know that prayer is how you live like a conqueror. Hmm. Being more than a conqueror is rooted more in prayer. Being more than a conqueror is rooted more in prayer. See, that's what we need to know. So uh, what do I think I know? Since things uh, have been on a pause that I don't fully understand, let me tell you what I think I know in the past 12 months. Uh, God has given us a picture uh, of words. Uh, if you were around sometime uh, back in the spring, you started to hear this, but I'll give you a picture. You can call it this oaks of righteousness uh, thing that, that God has stirred in us, and that is to say that God has put words to the stirrings of 2015 and 2016 and then sitting on pause but while there's been a pause and 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 I've been trying to pay attention to God uh, there is this reinforcement and that's words to the awakening if you will that God is here to transform souls that's what we're here to do and transform families and transform communities we are here by the grace of God to join him and say it with me transforming what souls and families and communities. And if you're not sure what that means, this is how we keep score. This is how we win. But all of this is the fruit of what God does. But at, at, at the trunk, it's because of Jesus. Say it with me. It's what? Because of Jesus. I mean, we, we get to heaven because of Jesus. Souls, families, and communities are transformed because of Jesus. And all of this is rooted in prayer. We do not transform anyone. Jesus transforms people, and the power to accomplish that is in prayer. We link up with God in prayer, and the power of God, while Jesus prays and the Holy Spirit prays, unleashes, and we bring the kingdom of God on earth because we are more than conquerors with the one who's already conquered to see him transform souls, families, and communities, ultimately transform to heaven the big Super Bowl. We are part of the greatest mission happening in all of heaven and all of earth, and this is the privilege of God for us. This is what I think I know. That he has over the season of pause said, get the picture, this is what I meant. And things that seem impossible to you are possible for me. And therefore, what I think I know, well, I'll go back here. What I think I know is these days God has pushed play. Did I get you? How many of you just woke up? You know what? I, I, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. We're going to do it anyway. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I'm just in the mood. I, I don't, look, I have the mic, and I'm in the mood. And now I'm going to play it all the way through. We will rock you. Right from the beginning. It's 30 seconds. Get over it. You ready? Now we know what to do.
Yeah, have a seat. Give a high five your neighbor. I, some of you are like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever done in church. I get it. I get it. I just felt like doing it. I think that the Spirit of God has said, I'm going to push play. And this next season of what is Vision 2021 right here by this picture, some of you are going to think it's just another campaign, and I'm telling you, it's a calling. It's not a campaign. It's called Vision 2021 because from January of 2020 through December of 2021, that two-year period, it is, if you will, the kickoff of things that God put in motion in stirrings in 2015 and 16. Not like I understand all this timing. It's just, it's just the kickoff. And some of you who have a high spiritual sensitivity has, have sensed in recent weeks the spiritual shift. And you'll feel it more. And if you haven't, that's all right. You will if you'll go all in for the next four months. You will. Because I think God's pushing play, which is just the kickoff. It's not the whole game. It's just the kickoff. And there are things going to happen. Let me just highlight some of the things that are going to happen. In October, it's at the movies live. And I'll just tell you, had I know that we're going to be high invite, we're going to love doing that. And it's exciting season. It's going to be just terrific stuff we get to do. But it's at the movies live. At the movies what? Which means it's going to be different. This next to new, something we've never done before. We'll see how it plays out. We're going to have a lot of fun with it but there's gonna be deep meaning in it. Live means I'm not pre-shooting all of this. We're shooting this live on stage with the backdrop and all that goes with it and the movie playing and interacting live. For, I don't know, let's go see how that plays out. That'll be fun. But, but amidst the fun, there is deep meaning because we're gonna unpack our vision that God has given us transform souls, families, and communities. God's intertwining something powerful in this season. And in this, he's inviting us. You're going to be all in? See, listen, I think sometimes people say, if God would help me conquer. Here's what I think. I think people say, if God would help me conquer more, I would be more about his kingdom. Do you see it? Do you see it? If God would help me conquer more, I would be more about his kingdom. People say it a lot of times, even in their actions. But what if, let's flip it. What if, what if I would be more about his kingdom and God would then be free to help me conquer? What if the order matters? What if you're so wrapped up in me that you can never get about the mission and you said, if God just solved all the me stuff, I'd be about the mission. And God says, if you just be about the mission, I could do more for the me. Matters what's first. That's coming in October. You want to be all in. In November, we're going to talk about belonging. The strength of family. From a nuclear family to a church family. And we were created not to attend in a church, but to belong. And there's strength to that, whether you're single or married or divorced or remarried or part of a larger family or a smaller family, you're part of his family. The power of what it means to belong. In December, we're going to talk about transforming his community, transforming the community. See, God created us to transform the community and the territory around us. One of the big things we're going after this year is you know that there is a food shortage issue, kids who rely on school for breakfast and lunch, don't have food. And as soon as school ends at Christmas, before it reopens in the new year, they go without meals. 
Church, we are going to rock this territory and solve that all through December so that they have all the food they need coming into the new year. When we hit January, we are a church rooted in prayer. When we hit January 2020, it's gonna be a month of what if we prayed? No, no, what if we actually prayed? We're gonna have 21 days of prayer unlike anything we've ever done together before as a church. It's gonna rock our world. You can be all in the next four months because I think God is pushing play. Final question. What is conquering you that you wish God would help you conquer? What has conquered you that you wish God would help you conquer? See, we, we do not make ourselves conquer. We don't. This is Jesus. Let's, let's remember what scripture tells us. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus, through him, Jesus, who loves us. So I'm gonna honor a prompt of God this week. I changed some calendar stuff. Listen in or you'll mishear me. The Holy Spirit prays for you. Jesus prays for you. Your church loves you and I'd be honored to pray for you if you need it. So what is conquering you? So tonight at six o'clock, amen, if you're at the Sunday night stuff with re-engage and with some of the events that are happening, uh, you, you stay right on those. But tonight at six o'clock, right here at the central campus, I'm gonna be right here at this stage. And I'm gonna pray over anyone or all who would come. I don't care if it's two, 20, 200. I don't care if it takes 20 minutes for the whole thing or two hours for the whole thing. If you wait, you want to be prayed for, I'll pray over you. This is not a counseling. It's not a long conversation. We're just going to get wait right to prayer. It's not a service. It's not worship. It's not teaching. It's prayer. Rooted in prayer. And maybe as soon as I talk about this, the Spirit of God says, oh, that's you. Like maybe you're being conquered by addiction. My mom smoked cigarettes when she was Young, all into her early 20s, she came to faith in Jesus. She knew she had to lay him down, but she couldn't. She was addicted. And she asked some people at the church to pray over her. They did, and the desire left. She never had to pick another one up. She was just freed, healed from addiction. God can do that any moment he desires. He loves you. He shepherds you. Maybe you're addicted to illegal drugs or shopping or pornography or entertainment or the dopamine hits of your technology. On and on the list goes. And you're like, dear God, it's conquering me. And you want to be prayed over? We'll pray for God to do a mighty move and knowing that Jesus and the Spirit will be praying. Maybe it's pride. Maybe your faith is so cold, you wouldn't call it pride, but God would. And you would just come and say, listen, I got to get freed up. Those who humble themselves before the Lord receive his grace. God opposes the power, gives grace to the humble. It would be a world of shift in your soul to become, to come and be prayed for. And you don't even know pride is in the way and God's whispering to you right now. You can't imagine just showing up here for prayer. And God says, ah, but look what I could do more than a conqueror. You know, maybe you're a consumer Christian. And you said, pray over me. I need to become a kingdom Christian truly about the things of God. Maybe it's physical health. Maybe cancer is undoing you. 
Maybe there are some illnesses in your life and you're like, you know what? I would love to be prayed over and ask God to heal. I'm telling you, thousands of you prayed for my grandson, Braden, and God healed that boy. And we give God all the praise and all the <laughs> gratitude and all the glory. And he shepherds you and he loves you. We'd love to pray over you. Maybe it's emotional health. Maybe it's mental health. Maybe just worry and anxiety overtake you. You're like, I would love to be prayed for and see God move in me. But maybe you're just being stirred and you know you need a move of God on your life. Then at six o'clock, I'm gonna be here and pray over you. That's it. That's the invitation of God. You have a sense of it already, whether or not that serves you or is for you. But I think God is saying we were not only created to be more than conquerors, but we can live as more than conquerors through Christ, because of Christ, who loves us. So I'm gonna turn the service over to the campus pastors. And they want to take this moment to pray over us. Not only that you live as more than conquerors, but that we together would live that way and bring honor and glory to God.
my faith. 